You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Kosob here. We're starting a new series. We're talking to lawyers with courts in the news. We want to catch up with our alums who work in the legal field, doing all sorts of important progressive things that eventually, from a local level, might filter up to a national level, which we're all thinking about. Nortahan Rahman is here. She was a founding board contributor to the 2017 crew in Columbus, but also a 2020 NLC SF fellow. Glad to have her on. Let's get to it. Nurjahan, do you feel like friends, family, do they make fun of you for being a lawyer? Or are they mostly supportive? <laughs> um, yeah, they make fun of me, but they're mostly supportive. It's funny, like people like to people like to uh, make fun of lawyers until they need them, and then and then it's not so funny. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was being a lawyer something you knew you always wanted to do, or did you come to it later in life? Um, well, you could argue I've always sort of wanted to be a lawyer. I did mock trial in high school, but. It was kind of a long, windy path to get here, which I'm happy to share if that would be of interest. But um, but yeah, I've sort of always known. Yeah. So was it something you went to law school right after undergrad, or were there some things in between? Oh, no, yeah. There were things in between. I, I took three years between undergrad and starting law school. The first year um, after I graduated, I moved to Beirut, Lebanon. I was a Rotary scholar. Uh, which was great. It was like one of the best years of my life. I loved living in Lebanon and I got to work on some interesting like grassroots labor rights movement, um, international migrant worker movement mm-hmm. uh, types of projects. And it was, it was really wonderful. Um, and when I was done with that year, I moved back to the States because I had um, applied for Teach for America. And so I was a Teach for America core member, and I taught uh, third graders in Northeast DC. And that was one of the most humbling and difficult experiences of my life, and I learned so much from that. And then after that, I I was I worked for a higher education consulting firm, um, in a company called Advisory Board Company, based in DC. Um, yeah, and so those three experiences, what I was doing was just kind of figuring out whether being a lawyer was something that I was meant to do. And there were so many lessons along the way that helped me decide, um, you know, whether or not it was a good fit. But ultimately, yeah, I started law school at Georgetown in um, the fall of 2016, or excuse me, the fall of 2013. Yeah. Well, listen, as a, a TFA alum myself and a former fourth grade teacher, I can confirm that children are the best arguers of all time and very hard to outthink and outmaneuver. So I completely agree. You were very well prepared once uh, once you got to law school. Uh, listen, I'd love to know a little bit more than what you're working on presently. So, you know, we put out a call to the alum community, folks who feel like their progressive values get a chance to, to be lived out through the legal work that they may be doing. Uh, and I know you're working on a couple interesting cases and projects. Love to hear what you feel like folks should know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I started my legal career working um, on the defense side. I, I graduated in May twenty May twenty sixteen, um, and I decided I wanted to be a part of a community where I started my legal practice. I really felt like lawyers play an important role um, in any space, including sort of in the civic space. So after I after law school, I finished up in DC and moved back to my hometown of Ohio. And, and what I told myself was, I'm going to go work for this big defense firm in Columbus, uh, where I was told I'd get really good experience learning how to be a litigator. Um, but I would move to Columbus because that way I, I felt like I could make a, a difference. And I ended up helping found the NLC Columbus chapter that way, and it was really great. 
But what didn't sit well with me after a couple of years that I was just big banks and insurance. Um, and I don't know, like it felt like sort of my blood, sweat and tears and effort putting into lawyering was just, you know, helping shareholders save a few bucks, but mm -hmm. the people who were bringing the lawsuits were really, you know, their lives were impacted and it just didn't feel like something I wanted to spend my life working on. So when I, um, when I moved out here to the Bay Area, I moved for personal reasons. My now fiance is here and we were long distance. But as I transitioned to the Bay, I decided I wanted to switch. And I ended up um, working. I'm now working at a plaintiff's firm, which means I'm on the other side of the bar. Instead of defending these large institutions, I'm now suing them. And I'm suing them on behalf of consumers, on behalf of shareholders for all sorts of horrible things that corporate boards decide to do, whether it's, you know, invade the privacy rights of consumers or destroy the environment. Um, those are the lawsuits I bring and I feel a lot better working on them. And they, in my, in my humble opinion, are, are important to ensuring that, you know, the rights of people, ordinary people are protected. Um, and one of the cases that I'm working on that I'm really um, passionate about is this this case where we've sued 10 of the largest consumer goods companies in the world for how they're contributing to plastic pollution. Yeah. And then in, in terms of what that's involved, when you're suing companies that large at that scale, uh, how, how do you even sort of think through intellectually where to, where to start with something like that? Well, um, suing companies at a big scale. I mean, I, I want to say it's not that much different from <laughs> defending companies at a big scale. The difference is that um, these large institutions have lots of resources and, you know, big war chests to be able to defend themselves from these lawsuits, whereas, uh, you know, firms that bring cases on behalf of consumers have to be scrappy and have to be efficient with their time and innovative. Um, but, you know, litigation is litigation, whether you're defending or bringing a case. And, you know, we have to be, I, I will say that plaintiff's lawyers have to be really thoughtful about the trends in society, including how, just keeping a pulse on how people are being harmed. I mean, if you look at data privacy, for example, there aren't, in my opinion, enough laws on the books to really regulate and control how companies are using our data. And so, you know, plaintiffs' lawyers have to be very thoughtful and strategic about, you know, how they bring cases against these large companies and how they hold them accountable. Absolutely. When we go back, we'll talk even more about the law and especially the law, courts, and current events. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. So I think on election night... Lawyers will play a big role. What are your thoughts about what folks might want to watch for once the polls close and, and probably all the lawyers kick into high gear? Yeah, I mean, you know, I as far as lawyers pay, playing a role, I think that, you know, the biggest role there is really is just being, um, keeping their pulse on what happens when the results are starting to be announced. You know, I think everybody's worried about um, Trump if he if he doesn't win the election. And I think we all know how I 
how we feel about whether or not he should win. But, um, you know, if if the results don't come out in his favor, as we know, he's been saying publicly and even in the most recent debate that, you know, he's going to contest it. And then it'll be the work of lawyers to figure out um, in that instance what happens. Um, there will probably be challenges to um, the counting, the processing, the procedure by which the many mail-in ballots are counted. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've been following, but there's some dispute amongst uh, constitutional lawyers about who's going to decide. Um, you know, I'm no expert, but I've just been following, you know, news about about this generally, I haven't done my own research, but uh, my understanding is that um, you know Nancy Pelosi um, is asserting that it should be the House that decides something um, like this based on the powers given to the legislature and the Constitution. And then there are others who are arguing that it's in the purview of the Supreme Court to decide. And we know with you know Bush v. Gore was the Supreme Court that decided um, you know the the balloting issues there. So I think it's just a matter of you know, legally, what what's that conflict going to look like? What I'm hoping is that there's not going to be a conflict. Maybe that's a pipe dream. I just, I'm hoping that the election results will be so clear that there will be no real dispute to be had. But, um, you know, I, I I will say that the, the lawyers that are going to be fighting and deciding and arguing about this issue is going to be, you know, a narrow subset. And I think the question that is on my mind is, you know, what are American citizens broadly going to do? I mean, I'm not going to be able to <laughs> decide what happens with election results, me as a person. Um, so I think really it's the, the big question is, how is the American public going to respond to what happens? And I'm hoping that um, that Trump and the powers that be will will do what's right for the American people and you know speed power where it's clearly where it's clear that he's been voted out of office. So we'll just see. Yeah, well, well said. Listen, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Zag. Make sure to catch all the episodes we've dropped in the last week or so, featuring NLC lawyers or NLC folks who are working in the criminal justice system or lawyer adjacent. They're all there. Lots of good stuff. Podcasts can always be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google. They're all there. Until next time, we'll catch you soon.